0: frequencies are open. Well, welcome welcome to the Infinite Potato Alliance.
1: Welcome to That Star Trek Podcast. Are you out of your mind? Watch and learn. This is going to be awesome. This is your place for detailed analysis and speculation of all things Trek. You are stop to
2: the core. I can smell it on you.
1: Join us as we dive into the newest content coming available, as well as retrospectives of the past series and films.
3: Do we need a mutiny today
1: to prove who we are? Now, on with the show.
0: We've only just begun.
4: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of That Star Trek Podcast, your one-stop pod for all discussions, reviews, and speculation all things trek my name is scott madison your host and joining me is a full house tonight we got a lot of panelists and we're going to go around the table introduce every single one of them first off we have rick how are you
5: all i have is my stink
4: Uh, (laughs) yeah that's that's not news i've always suspected (laughs) (laughs) joining us as well we have the, the the big tamale of the infinite potato alliance the man himself, we have Sean Ray. How are you? I hope we'll be
2: allowed to view their aquifers.
4: <laughs> and joining us from sunny, sunny Canada, it's it, it's known for its sunniness, right? We have Nick Yeager. How are you?
0: It's important to respect their customs, Bill. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna we're gonna
4: talk about that. Um, <laughs> joining us as well from Captain Game Show the host himself, John Irons, how are you? Yeah, I didn't write down the
6: quote, it's, it's, it's funny though it's like, uh, <laughs> uh, It was like all uh, I do is the the, the the moans all day and night, or something like that <laughs> I, wrote it down, I wrote it down when I saw it, because I thought it was very funny but I, I don't know where it is now I, forgot I, I didn't plan to be on the
4: show I'm doing great, thank you How are you? Well, I'm I'm needing some of the bones myself, and rounding out our panel this week, we have joining us after a long absence, but it's a delight to have him back, direct from DC on screen and a host of other podcasts. We have David C. Robertson. How are
7: well, you? You know, Star Trek universe would be a better a better plug there for this show, but it, uh,
4: it, it and by the way, be, but
7: <laughs> rounding out
4: is that a fat joke? Uh, no, and. Oh. And I'll only defend my use of DC on screen because that's where I started listening to you. And I don't know why, but I. And where
7: you stopped. I, I was struck.
4: <laughs> Damn. And I, I was struck with a moment of doubt. Is it, is it, is it Star Trek Universe podcast? Is, it, is yeah. Star Trek. Yeah. For, the title was just a little un, unsteady in my head. So I went with the one that I knew that I knew.
7: Sorry, I had to pick apart what you said because I don't remember the episode well enough to
4: pull the quote. So, <laughs> All right, well, that that is a pain that I understand. Welcome to my world. <laughs> Bye, <Hiya, way>. John.
5: <laughs> I, d- I would just like to raise a procedural point here. I just finished listening uh, this morning to There's last no week's procedure. Last no procedure. Week
2: <laughs>
5: and when Neek called me an old perv, it was funny. When mm. Neek said you had to get used to disappointment, oh, we're done, folks.
6: No, it was funny. Both, was, both those things were funny. What are you talking about? <laughs> Actually, Scott, honestly, I think Scott's thing was funnier than yours. <laughs> no.
7: It was all good shit. It's
5: all good. I enjoyed it. It was good. It
4: was good. Embrace the all chaos. Right. <laughs> yes, as as this introduction uh, may not necessarily make it clear to everyone, we are here to discuss Star Trek, a few different Star Trek things, as a matter of fact. As we oh. have been doing for the past couple weeks, we will begin this week's discussion by uh, a brief uh, a brief going over of the latest episode of Star Trek: Very Short Treks. Mm. Uh, this latest episode, "Worst Contact," directed by Aaron Hawkins wherein an away team of uh, Commander William Riker, or we should say Commander Bill Riker, and Dr. Crusher and some no-name jackass beam down to a planet uh, <laughs> for a very unannounced first contact because I, they had just brought their very first warp engine online, so now obviously they're very ready for first contact but it turns out they're gross so let's uh, cr- let's cripple their uh their scientific discovery and banish them from uh any potential chance of joining the federation because they're they're icky i thought it was i thought it was kind of funny uh i believe uh, rick did not i'm curious to see what everyone else thought um But I, Rick, not not to put you on the spot. I only think I only say that you didn't think it was funny because you indicated in messages that you didn't really think it was funny. So I I do want to I've been wanting to hear more of your specific thoughts on on this very short track uh, since you posted that. So I do want to start with you. Um, uh, what what are some of your uh, comments? What are some of your
5: Uh, I I don't have much to say about it. I hated it. It was not funny. It was like it was written by an eight-year-old. It was disgusting and not in an amusing way, just in a stupid, puerile, juvenile, kindergarten way. And that's really all I need to say about it.
2: I agree with all of those things, except that I did think it was funny. (laughs) Like, I I laughed a lot throughout that
4: I can't say I'm surprised because I have over the years gotten a sense for uh what Sean thinks is <laughs> I just
2: think I I I mean I think we're taking the these very short tracks too serious they're 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 I mean they're just supposed to be little jokes and that's but what if they it's are not funny I mean, it's not
5: just, you know if it's
2: not funny it it's not was funny. but it was it was
5: funny but, but I but that's the thing it's 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 all subjective You know, humor is one of the most subjective things that there is. And Mm -hmm. I, you know, I don't go into these going, all right, I'm going to hate this one a lot, too. You know, I keep hoping that they'll be funny and they just keep being stupid and just not not amusing me. They were both
2: of those things. They were stupid. It was it was very stupid. I agree with that. It was very stupid, but it was funny. (laughs)
4: The the key thing, the key thing, the uh, the modifier that is missing from from a lot of these sentences is it's funny to you, or it wasn't funny to me. That's, I would that's assume the thing that that's we need assu- That's implied. Well, for <laughs> yeah. for, mo- for most people, it is, but only when I hear Rick and Sean going back and forth, back and forth. Sometimes I had to say, guys, remember, it was funny to you, and it well, wasn't it just like I like the joke,
2: thing. the joke. I mean, it was just one joke, but it's like a Saturday Night Live skit. It's just one joke that they just keep doing over and over, but they build on it, and it was uh. When they got to the to the to the point that oh we're going to we're going to cook this fish in every microwave on your planet <laughs> yeah i, I was I, laughing I,
4: I liked that part just because it, it's a very specific yet at the same time very relatable uh reference yeah cooking. i fish think they specifically said market.
2: break room we're going to go in every break room on your planet or something like that and cook yeah, this yeah, leftover I, fish
4: i think so um all right, we're gonna call that Sean's turn at the table. So I'm not gonna ask what you <laughs> thought of it because because that was enough. Now after Rick's <laughs> after Rick's opinion, watching the reactions on John and Neek's faces, I have to go to them next. John, <laughs> John, give me your take on this very short track. Uh, this might shock everyone. Uh, But
6: I agree with Rick. (laughs) (laughs) Yes! (laughs) Uh, And I, because I I wasn't on uh, last week's episode, but Scott, you're like, yeah, I I feel like Rick felt about the last one. I feel about this one. Uh, Whereas, like, the one joke kind of went on too long. And I was like, yeah, I feel the same way. And same on this one. I don't think I hated it as much as, I know I didn't hate it as much as Rick did. Um, But no, it wasn't that. It was all right. I didn't think it was particularly funny. It was just fine. It was. It was. It was. It was a. It was a booger joke, that, you know. Again, for it to have been three minutes long, it was probably twice as long as it needed to be. Like we, we got it. Like, oh no, the walls are burgers Like okay, I mean, it, it, I wasn't disgusted or offended. And then I'll mean disgusted because it's disgusting. I mean, disgusted at the idea of it, like Rick was. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But no, it was, you know, scale of one to five. I give it a two. All right. But it was only three minutes long.
4: So that's what it it is. (laughs) All right, Meek, give it to us.
0: I did think it was funny and I also thought it was brilliant commentary because this storyline was a mirror to the Vulcans experiencing first contact with humans. We know that Vulcans think humans are gross, that we smell bad and they find us distasteful. This is a version of what they experienced when they met us and when I'm sure when they met the Andorians and the Tellarites and whoever else, because they do consider themselves to be too refined and above everyone else. And so for them, meeting these other species, it's, it's uncomfortable for them. And so in the very short track, you know, they made it a very exaggerated joke and they made it a bunch of customs that are super disgusting from our point of view. But that is reality. I mean, taking it even outside of Star Trek, that's the experience that everyone has had at some point encountering the culture of someone else. You know, white people are offended by Indians smelling like curry. Asian people are offended when white people walk around in their houses with their shoes on. These are common things. And so from that perspective, the story was very relatable. And it was, again, like I said, an exaggerated version of something we've all been through and we continue to go through. If you've ever worked in an office with a break room, You've experienced these things where you are grossed out by the behaviors of other people, even when they're from your own culture. Sometimes,
5: and I I got that, because DS Nine did it much better when that group from the the the, the Gamma Quadrant came through and and had, uh, I, I forget the name of the episode, but they had like flaky skin and bad and and the, and
4: the screens,
5: yeah, um, and. You know, I, I I grasped that part of it, but the execution was so juvenile that I, I think that it just didn't work for me.
6: I was also annoyed that uh, Riker blew up the thing. They could have just beamed away. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they could have just beamed away. No, it was, it was it a little a bit comedy. extreme. I get it. Yeah. I understand that it's a comedy <laughs> Oh <laughs> well, yeah, and it's, it's an
0: absurdist it's, comedy as well. And I, if you're not someone who enjoys absurd humor, then you're not going to get it. I'm someone who very much enjoys absurdity, so I don't mind those things. I know we yeah, haven't it been was, in real
6: life, but I also absorb, uh, uh, enjoy absurd. It was, it was an <laughs> exagger, it was an exaggeration. Was, it was so, it was, it was so,
2: he, I, he did what actual Riker may have wanted to do. So he just animated Riker, just did it.
4: he he was he was acting very much like like a human hey speaking of humans there's another human on this panel Dave what did you (laughs) think of this very short track
7: I I do want to clarify I didn't clear my throat to draw attention to myself I didn't even Um, know (laughs) awesome uh so I love absurdist humor I love dick jokes and like the silliest bullshit you could think of hated this episode (laughs) hated the previous two episodes the one joke I've laughed at in the whole trilogy is so far is uh Spock pranking the guy by having him transport back with his guts falling out (laughs) Just uh, that was funny to me but (laughs) it's funny because he
2: usually has legs
7: yeah (laughs) (laughs) that was funny but I am I I just haven't enjoyed these like in the 50th cell 50th anniversary celebration of star trek and animation which they already pissed me off by omitting prodigy from their little display their little presentation Preach. Uh, i just i can't could did they have to be comedies couldn't they have been like snippets that that gave us a little more depth in the in, into the universe a little more vision in the universe did it have to be this mad tv bullshit like this is awful and i just hated it i and I appreciate what you're saying, Neek. I got what, you, what, the, what they were doing. Uh, but I just hated it. I just loathed it with every fiber of my being. <laughs>
6: <laughs> Again. <laughs> subjectivity, but... I, I, I agree with Rick. I agree with Dave. Not to the same degree. <laughs> it, it didn't upset my core as an entity. I just didn't think it
7: Look, was if that. they release them on Blu-ray, I'll buy them. <laughs>
6: but I'll I'll be angry about it. <laughs> well, and like every Star Trek fan about <laughs> everything Star Trek.
5: That's right. Well, well let, let me give you just a, a a bit of my perspective on this. Until Neek said we have to respect their customs bill and then I had to think about what that came from. I had totally forgotten about this one. So, mm-hmm. it's not like it I've been sitting here with this hot coal in my belly, going this fucking goddamn piece of
3: shit, right? At you. I am... <laughs> yeah, I am.
5: Yeah, you posted, were. <laughs> I posted what I did on Facebook and then forgot its existence. And if we hadn't talked about it tonight, I w- it wouldn't I wouldn't have crossed my mind again. But because we are doing a show about it and we have to talk about it, then the 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 bile came back. <laughs>
7: yeah and I, you know what man i'm not i'm not you know sitting here like a lot of these people are like this is what trek is now I'm like, no god shut, shut the hell up
2: yeah it's just a, no, it's, it's just a that. little i mean it's just a little joke that they're i mean they're putting out and there's gonna be what two more of them so there's like five in all. and all like, yeah yeah i've seen a, i've seen a lot of people complaining about it online I'm like i mean just god damn
4: it <laughs> we can we, we still hear you sean
2: just uh i mean just hold your breath and they'll be over so
0: i mean they very explicitly go. have said these are not canon so yeah like, there's absolutely yeah. no reason very to
2: not canon. Yeah. if
0: you don't like them don't watch them you're not missing out on anything you don't have to buy them on blu-ray because they're not official
7: you know what i i don't like them but i will watch them because that that transporter joke in the second episode was worth it <laughs> You know, I, I was, also liked that that uh to bring keeps breaking up a spock, that was yeah, that was I kind know, of fun. I,
5: I think that what the it's funny because I, it's self-deprecating. I, I, I almost liked that one too. That, that was the one I, I didn't mind, but I, I was thinking about it the other day just because I think they they they, they led to strong that the transporter thing should have been like the second or third one, should have started off mm-hmm. with some with you know something minor and then built up to the transformation. Okay, we're not
0: going to reconstruct someone else's <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> joke. We're moving on
5: now. That's part of reviewing a thing, is
7: deconstructing it, reconstructing I, it in a way that yeah, we would find palatable, and explain why, why not, it didn't work
2: for us.
0: This is I not do really wanna,
2: uh, I do want to point out Sweet. that the uh, the, three the, the, male, thing. the male alien was played by um, Dana Snyder, who used to be on Aqua Teen Hunger Force. He, he played the, the sheikh. Mm-hmm. and oh, okay. uh and he used to there was a he, he used to host a podcast that i used to listen to but uh he doesn't anymore and sarah sherman who used to be on saturday night live i think she was the she was the female um uh, looking to see what else she did. saturday night live has, has been her biggest thing
7: these were the cauliflower heads
2: yeah mm-hmm. yeah okay
7: And then that that
2: nameless red shirt in the background that never said anything.
5: (laughs) My intention for tonight was just to say I didn't like it and then not say another word about it. But y'all don't.
2: (laughs) I mean, it's a talk show. We're supposed to talk
4: about it. Speaking of talking about stuff, we can also talk about something entirely different rather than that short track. We could, in fact, discuss the centerpiece of this particular podcast Star Trek Lower Decks episode, season four episode four something borrowed something green written by Grace Parajani and directed by Bob Suarez this I I really like this episode and I'm I'm eager to hear what everyone else has to say uh, I'm gonna go in reverse order around the around the screen get everyone's take Uh Dave Overall, no. overall, in general, what did you think of this episode of Lower Decks? Oh, I loved it. Absolutely, 100% adored it. Fantastic. Uh, we ran over long for the very short <laughs> track, so we're going to keep this brief. You're done. John, what did you think of this episode? <laughs> thought it was great. Fantastic. Neek?
0: Enjoyed it.
4: Wonderful. Sean?
2: It was okay. B-plot was boring.
4: Uh, you're wrong. Rick? <laughs>
5: uh, my favorite show episode of the season so far. All Probably one right. of my top five of the of the whole series.
4: Outstanding. Sounds good. Uh, we all loved it and thought it could not be better. That's going to wrap it up for this week. Thanks, Hi, everyone, folks. for listening. For all right, well, for subscribing. <laughs> and, I really did have time for this. <laughs> hey, what Sean's can Sean's not
6: wrong. The, the The B plot was was kind of dumb. <laughs> it, it, uh, oh, okay, a little bit, maybe, but I it was. Lived, yeah, I
0: live it in was, fear. It was uh, absurd.
6: It was. I'm about to be offended. (laughs) Like the implication that I don't understand. I would say, you
4: know, I would just go ahead. I was trying to keep it going. I live in fear of Neek's wrap it up motion because we already got it once and we've not been going for very long. So, wait, is she in charge of this show? I thought you were hosting. I wouldn't think so. (laughs) Pay no attention to the Neek behind the curtain. Get it together, Um, Madison. Put on your big boy pants. (laughs) So, uh, it sounds like overall, uh, as a panel, we uh, approve of this episode and we enjoy it. But, Sean does make a decent point and John backed it up. I do have to agree. I tried to skip over it for the sake of brevity, but I have to back them up. The B-plot, it was a little bit thin with uh was it brotherford or yeah brotherford yeah brotherford Brotherford. um where they're the best roommates ever until they can't stand each other because of one thing they go to the holodeck to iron out the differences and then they help to smooth over uh negotiations with uh with someone from chalnef
5: who was was that one of the 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 guys that Picard was in the in the, the that prison with when the, those aliens captured him.
4: Yep. And, in and sent in his a,
5: put a double on the Enterprise.
4: Yeah. In Allegiance, where yeah. they put them in a cell for kind of like a, a, a rat trap experiment. Yeah. Yes.
5: Yeah. At first, I thought he was an Osican and I was like, no, they just called him something else.
4: <laughs> yeah, and he, he he didn't have the uh, the one tooth coming down from yeah. <laughs> from the center <laughs> of his upper lip. Um. But I I will give props to whoever was doing the voice acting for that Chalna. He absolutely had the big fake Chalna teeth in his mouth when he was at the microphone. And mm-hmm. at
5: first I thought it was it was uh, JG Hertzler, but then after a while I was like, no, that's not. But it certainly had a Hertzler feel to him.
4: Uh,
6: guys, I need to excuse myself. I may or may not be back. But uh...
4: okay. But uh, <laughs> we all, may all or may well. not see you later.
6: <laughs> Indeed. Uh, Brotherhood forever, but not <laughs> that long. Bye. <laughs>
4: it, it 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 was too long with the Brotherhood.
5: I didn't. I disagree. I disagree. I, I it. They have certainly done worse B plots. Star Trek has done worse B plots. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, in general, I thought it was kind of fun, and and yeah, it was silly and and absurd. But in a way that was that that kind of took me by surprise. The the whole Mark Twain thing, I thought was was pretty funny. The, the you know not in a ha 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 way, but in a you know wow that's that's really coming at it from from you know around the corner, and I enjoyed it. Yeah, I was glad it didn't work for the second time. Otherwise, that would have been really strange.
7: Yeah, I I love the Mark Twain stuff. Uh, I was an English major in college. I had a a professor who was an expert in Mark Twain and just talked about him endlessly. This is actually the guy that uh, got in trouble, got backlash for editing the N-word out of uh, Huckleberry Finn. Mm. Um, That was my professor. But um, yeah, I... I I don't know I have a, a strange affinity for Mark Twain and I really enjoyed this this B-plot and I I I really liked when they started talking normally again and the kid was like hey they're like no yo <laughs> oh,
2: oh right mm, yes well they're, yeah they um, they Mark Twain was a, a lot more Foghorn <laughs> leghorn than Mark Twain
4: yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it it was it was very um uh just a simple contra lawyer yeah, <laughs> I, I, I was really hoping as oh, we got Mark Twain. I was hoping that they were both gonna do their best. Um, uh, uh someone uh, Jerry Harden, uh, I was hoping they would do their, mm. their best Jerry Harden Mark Twain impression.
2: Is he still alive?
4: I can't remember. I don't think so. I've think wondered the same a thing couple years ago, mm. but yeah, I was delighted by
7: the turns of phrase. And
2: uh, no, he's still alive, I'm, he's 93. Oh, well, all right. <laughs>
7: I love how true it is to life, though, like, because me and my wife can have an argument, but if we're doing, like, silly voices, it's not going to be as big of a deal. You know, we can, like, me and my friends do that kind of shit, too. Like, we just, we find some weird niche thing that we both enjoy that we can't stay mad at. And, I don't know, it rang true for me. I, I enjoyed it, but I also was glad that it didn't work with, uh the whatever that alien was that i can't remember the name of <laughs> even though you just said it
4: but you're you're
5: muted scott so it didn't work
4: the Chalnath, Chalna. knife
2: mm. Chalna. by the way you were talking about the voice actor the voice actor is eric balza and he uh he plays a lot of looney tunes like he's he's the voice of uh He's the voice of Daffy Duck and Bugs Bunny on the like the current Looney Tunes and stuff.
4: Oh, okay. All right, and cool.
2: Thund, Thunderbolt Ross on the uh, Iron Man Armored Adventures, just, <laughs> even though that was a thing. Just yeah, yeah. throwing they, that out there.
4: Uh, Disney seems to have a. Uh, a I'm being Tom tonight. <laughs> J- Jumping in with the with the ancillary yeah. information. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, Neek hmm? Do you have anything that you want to add about the the Rutherford storyline because I honestly I feel like there's not really a whole lot to discuss with it. it it didn't that plot line did not contribute to the A plot whatsoever it was its own separate thing and it seemed very simple was there anything that you I, felt I should be added I thought it was
0: funny I thought it was like a really fun way of poking fun at that you know the horrific Mark Twain from TNG <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you,
5: thank you. <laughs> when we talked about time zero, uh, when we were doing our our best two-parters or it time, was travel, time, time travel, travel okay. time travel episodes, two-parters three. or time travel, yeah. And I I expressed my uh, displeasure with his performance because <laughs> I you know <laughs> I like Twain. I've read I've I've read Twain is probably the the, the American author I've read the most of. Uh granted that's a very low bar. I don't like American literature for the most part, but you know, Twain is fun and Twain is witty and Twain Twain was very intelligent and I looked up if there were I tried to find if there were any uh uh audio recordings of Twain cuz you know, he lived just long enough that that was might be possible and there aren't. But there is an audio recording of a guy who knew him and who was famous for doing an impression of twain and he didn't sound anything like that well you know we're going down to the holodeck and it it just that
7: i haven't heard anyone do that Go listen to the Times Arrow. <laughs> no, no, man. What you just did was like some old coal miner from Andy Griffith or something.
5: That, that's what he sounds like to me
7: when he, you know, oh, you're a very
1: pretty young lady. Thank you for taking me down your shit. No, is, you're,
7: you're doing Will Ferrell's like gold prospector,
4: like it is,
2: oh, peaches. It is, it is a, a showing very... me
4: the greatest adventure that a man's ever had. Woo!
2: It is a pretty grating performance. <laughs> yeah, and, and it was it was an odd choice.
4: It when I was younger, it felt very grating. I have, I've grown to become less bothered by it, and I also find it interesting that based on his performance of that character for that two part episode, Jerry Hardin, uh, on his own, became uh, rather an aficionado of Mark Twain and mounted his own one man production. Uh, his one man a one man stage production about Mark Twain's life.
5: I can't imagine listening to that for ninety minutes straight. Oh, I'd blow my <laughs> brains out.
4: <laughs> All right, now what I do want to move on to, not to say that the Brutherford storyline is uh, unimportant, but it is. So I want to move on to the the a plot, where we have Tendi being called back to Orion to participate in her sister's wedding, and we get the. The deepest dive and the best look into uh, Tendy as a character, as a person, that we've gotten in this whole series. They touched as on... As Mariner
5: pointed out, which was one of my favorite yeah. Mariner lines ever.
4: Mm-hmm. She... she uh, What is it? This uh, is the most lampshade. backstory
5: we've ever gotten.
4: <laughs> yeah, they hung a lampshade on the fact that it's taken this long to really get into Tendi's backstory. We got tastes of it a little bit i think it was last season where we got got indications that there was definitely a lot more to her than we thought and she was much more important than she was letting on Uh, but this definitely uh, dug into it a lot more and it made things a whole lot clearer for her character Uh, so even if just for that i really enjoyed the the main the main story for this episode also i thought it it was well written it was a nice little adventure um, it even had some good moments of drama near the end, uh, and the hilarious interplay between Tendi, Mariner, and Talin. Uh, so, keep, keeping it general because I find this is happening with lower decks. I have a hard time, you know, picking specific plot points because the episode goes by so quickly. Not just because it's a half-hour show, but because they keep things moving. So fast. I wonder if that's why uh, this is Neek's favorite series of Star Trek ever, because it, it keeps things moving so fast. I'm I'm never gonna let go of this whole speed thing with Neek. I don't care that it's <laughs> not funny anymore. I'm gonna do it anyway. Um, does anyone have any uh, moment, specific moments or aspects of this a plot that they that they really enjoyed that stood out for them uh, against all the rest, uh, Sean? Let me start with you.
2: Um, I mean, this episode was to me. I mean, I know you guys loved it. It was okay. I mean, I didn't. I didn't dislike the episode. Um, but uh, I mean, I did. I, I laughed pretty hard when uh, Mariner. I mean, yeah, Mariner just kept getting stabbed. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. In the same uh, <laughs> place. That
7: was that was like an old Simpsons bit.
2: Yeah, it was great. <laughs> and um, and I know this was the. This is, like, the first time we've ever seen the Orion homeworld, right? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. correct. Um, and, but, I mean, other than that, it was kind of... I'm I'm not as big of a fan of Tendi as you guys are. I mean, I don't dislike her. I mean, I think she's fine, but it, to me, she's more of a... She's kind of a background character. But, it, I mean, that's because they haven't really... Like you said, they haven't really given her a backstory until now. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it was... It was okay. It was it was good. It wasn't mm-hmm. great.
4: <laughs> I'm I'm never gonna call Tendy like, you know, my favorite character or one of my favorite characters. She's she's always maybe not always, but most of the time, uh, she's a fun character and it's a delight to see her on screen because when they give her stuff to do, it's usually entertaining and endearing. Um, but with putting her so front and center in this episode. I don't know there i'll put it this way there are going to be viewers out there who after this episode are going to consider tendy their favorite character this is the type of favorite making episode that you get every once in a while um rick did you have any aspects of the a-plot that that you were particularly fond of
5: uh, yeah, yeah, y'all can go to hell. Tendy's awesome. <laughs> just, I, I, Didn't I
4: just say? <laughs> that, <laughs> okay.
5: I love it when Tendy. Let the record
2: show that in no time in my disagreements with Rick that I ever tell him to go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, let the record show that
5: I did not drop the F bomb. I had primed
2: for that. I'm behaving, trying to behave myself. <laughs> oh, you've so, dropped it tonight. You've dropped it so far. I did.
5: I did once. Yeah, earlier. Uh, <laughs> and I think it was justified. And I, but I even then, I pulled it in a little bit. Anyway, to, to be um,
7: fair for Rick, if he does it less than three times, he can still say he hasn't done it.
5: <laughs> um, remember last season when the Orion ship, when when Tendi was on the Orion ship, and they and she had that and she had to she had to go full orion to take over the ship so that mm-hmm. they all wouldn't die i forget what the exact thing that's when i realized how much i like tendy because i was like i love characters who are uh who on the surface are kind of clark kent but in but you know but they're really superman but they don't let it out kind of kind of thing i know it's a terrible comparison but um i love it when tendy gets to be badass tendy and we got we got a lot of that in this what did they call her what what did uh, and I also i just think mistress <laughs> the of the winter
7: constellations not yeah. that one
5: it was it was what i i love the fact that her sister's name is de erica um but uh cuz cuz that's just so silly and and absurd um
4: they were, no she they, was, they, she was to supposed be the to be the,
5: the 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 tip of the silver sword or something like that and, uh, oh, and it was I, like
4: the moonlit, the
7: the moon something, something I, about I've the moonlight lit, and the tip of the sword or some shit. Yeah, I think
5: it was
4: the tip <laughs> of the moonlit blade. I think yeah, yeah something yeah, like yeah. that. And I was
5: like, that is such a cool title. Um, yeah, I just I love I, I you know yeah, it's great seeing the fact that how much care the writers took to incorporate what little we know about the Orions into this episode and make it sort of work. Because ever since Enterprise went, no, it's not. It's not the men who are in charge. The women are in charge. They only pretend to be slaves, and we're like, okay, <laughs> um, yeah. And and so I I like how they were able to <laughs> sort of make that work. I I like how Tendy was able to, uh, how they were able to encapsulate her dual nature, and the fact that Mariner. And and uh, Talin
2: accepted
5: that you know the the fact that she's
2: tip of the moonlit blade. Tip of the moonlit blade. Right. Okay, yeah.
5: yeah. Um, but I I liked how they accepted Tendy, and Tendy was like, well, I didn't want to be lying to you, and they're like, you're not lying to us. We know who you are. But this is also cool that you're this too. It was and and the 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 friendship between the three of them was very heartwarming, very wholesome. I loved it. And Talin is getting a lot more fun too.
4: Yeah, she was in this episode allowing herself to reveal, you know, under the surface, I don't necessarily have to be super stuffy and, and Vulcan. I can come, mm-hmm. look at me, throw this pad out the window. Boom. I mean, someone else is going to find it. And, and you know, but still, it's garbage now. Yeah. <laughs> no one needs to see that. Um, Dave. Yes. Uh, was there anything that you liked about uh, this episode's uh, main plot other than the the awesome titles that that Tendi had well
7: first of all just let me say that Brotherford was in fact important because we never see those characters together and I feel like that was a good maintenance um main plot um <laughs> I yeah I love I love Tendy Tindy is my favorite character and was before this episode um, I think she's uh, a fantastic character with a lot of mystery behind her we got a little less mystery now but i look forward to seeing her come into her own more and reconcile both sides of who she is and embrace uh the person she was before she left orion uh because she's not just one thing or just the thing she wants to be she's also where she came from um i'm loving to lynn Gabriel uh, Gabriel Ruiz, uh, who was fantastic as Valencia on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, is doing a fantastic job. She hits those comedic beats and does it without emotion, and uh, I am in awe of that personally. Um, yeah, I just really enjoyed seeing the, the everything the Orion world. I, I enjoyed seeing uh, the their friendship gelling more. I, I thought it was fantastic.
5: I just thought of something real quick, I'm, and I'm not going to hijack this any further because this is just one real quick thing. What I just realized is, uh, Tendi reminds me a lot of my favorite character from the Orville, <laughs> uh, but I can't remember her name. The security chief.
7: The, the... <laughs> Tindy reminds me of
1: character.
5: Yeah, <laughs> no the the, the 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 security chief who was who was like the the which one? The one that was like. The petite little girl who could tell like tear doors apart because she was from a high gravity planet. I can't remember any of the characters. Both of
4: them because I think the the replacement security chief was from the same The first one then. Okay. (laughs) Gotcha. Gotcha. I can't remember her name either. But I can I can see her in my head. But but she was like
5: she she was trying to not be. The, you know, the huge badass she was, because she didn't want to put everybody off. But then, when she had to be the badass, she was. And I, I just, I, I guess I enjoy that trope. Maybe.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lieutenant Alara. Thank That's you. right. That's
4: right. And and yeah, I I do agree with Rick. I, not to say that they're the same character, but you, no, you can definitely see similarities between between those two characters. It it is a trope, and when it's it, executed well, it's great. When it's not, it's. Whew, it's not meek what did you think?
0: I feel like it's been covered. I agree with Sean the the best gag was Mariner getting stabbed repeatedly and I mean and it I guess that's an example of the a joke being repeated but done really well because like the last time it was done it wasn't even on screen. it's just her talking about it, which made it mm-hmm. all the funnier mm-hmm. And yeah, I enjoyed seeing the Orion homeworld getting a little bit more about their culture. I think they did, again, like the twain gag, they did a really good job of poking fun at the ridiculousness that had been established previously because the Orions have always been, uh, let's say problematic. And and then Enterprise almost made them more problematic somehow in, in an attempt to correct those problems. <laughs> and it, it became such a like cringy thing that the way Lower Decks is making them so front and center by having a main character be Orion and now exploring that culture to an absurd degree, it, it's hilarious. I mean, well done. Well done Lower Decks once again for taking something that has been established in Star Trek and just poking it and needling it and just drawing every gag they can out of that.
4: I loved
7: how Enterprise was like, yeah, they're in charge now. You're welcome, feminists.
4: (laughs) Why are you patting yourself on the back for this? (laughs) Yeah. You're, You're telling us they're in charge because they can make everyone... Too horny. horny to function. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that is a thing, but... <laughs> and then... And Discovery <laughs> didn't exactly make things better, because I think the one time we really saw Orion's focused on with Discovery was when Mirror Giorgio uh, uh, got some... I think like information they needed for their mission and she did it by having sex with two Orions at the same time. Mm-hmm. Oh Giorgio. Well, by, well, by, who, and,
0: and they and, were sex slaves as well.
4: They, well <laughs> either sex slaves or sex workers, it's hard to tell. They they did mention that regardless of the fact that they learned a whole lot of new moves from Giorgio and and maybe I, we should pay you because of all the stuff you just taught us, but still, you know, give us the money because you got to pay us. I, and then I, she I got the impression the that they
5: were sex workers, not slaves in, yeah. in that particular establishment. But mm. it's still, yeah. It And then and that that's that opens up a whole other, you know, the fact that that having, uh, you know, uh, less than mono, or other than monogamous sexual attitudes is evil because it come only only people who do that are from the alternate
4: universe and they're bad and or unless you're denovian
2: the best orion episode that i of star trek that i've seen was that episode star trek continues <laughs> that
5: was a really good one mm. was, the one with uh yeah. luferigno
2: they yeah. had to have luferigno because he had to be green so it had to be Luke Ferrigno. so of course but then we <laughs> again there's the whole vic thing but anyway yeah
5: um uh, something we skipped from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. The Death Ship mm-hmm. is back. Mm-hmm. oh, oh, I was coming back to that. Oh,
2: okay, okay. Yeah, we got to see the Orion lower decks.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we,
7: but we've seen the same. Like, I don't feel like we skipped it because we've already seen it twice before. Like, it's the same gag over and over. Again. Just get to the damn point on
4: that. <laughs>
2: Yeah, we've got yeah. seven and more episodes for
4: that. Well, but we'll, but we'll what go was different about the th- scene now? I, I was gonna loop back around to it at at the end, but but we'll jump into it now. I I kind of see Dave's point in that there's not a whole lot new with this scene compared to the the Klingon ship getting blown up and the Romulan ship get blown up. But I will say that the design of the Orion ship in this opening scene looked gorgeous. That was sweet. Yeah and the music in this opening scene was was killer. Mm-hmm. Love it. Do you guys think that they are
7: actually just teleporting these crews away and we're going to wind up with like sort of a lower deck secret wars type of thing where it's just like all the different crew That's... lower decks people teaming up.
2: Well, they're they're, def- they're definitely destroying the ship because we've yeah. seen the wreckage. But yeah, as far as the crew, I don't know. We're not, not seeing, seeing bodies the, as far yeah. as the
4: people on it I I might have at least considered that a possibility before this episode, because in in the the wash of white light, we see the bodies not not dematerialize. We see them like get obliterated. We see the bodies get torn apart.
7: What it, that could be dematerializing.
4: Uh, it could I'm not trusting it. If if the transporter dematerializes you by like making you know tattered uh, pieces of. Of the, the person, you know, blast away from them. The silhouette of the Orions on this ship during that explosion uh, were very clearly animated to be getting torn apart by that beam. I
3: don't know.
5: I didn't see. I'll have to go back. I, I, I didn't notice that. I did. Now, check me on this, because I, I tried to find comparative pictures and I couldn't. And I didn't want to get into spoilery uh, uh, theory
4: stuff online. The ship yeah, looked because a little we more de- speculation on the no. show <laughs>
5: <laughs> the ship looked a little more detailed in this episode and the beam was looked a little to me looked different it was it had more jaggedy coming out of it this time but I, I honestly don't know if that's just my my faulty brain messing with you did, did anyone else think it looked a little bit different
4: I didn't notice any additional detailing on the ship itself. The beam looked a little bit different to me, but I think that this entire sequence, uh, both the stuff happening on the Orion ship and all the exterior shots, it looked like they were taking a little more time with it. Like, whichever animation team was assigned this particular scene had a little more time than usual, so they put a little more uh, detail, effort, and care into it. It It just looked like the animation was a half step up from from usual I think that was the only difference that I saw I didn't notice a damn thing (laughs) (laughs) I'm very not
2: observant I did notice that in the uh, in the Orion uh, ship graveyard that we saw Mm -hmm. we got there was a there was a Raven a Raven uh, Raven class ship in there I don't know if it was the Raven you know the ship that uh, Seven was on when she was a little kid and everything Mm -hmm. yeah there was oh. one of those in there, but I, would, I don't know. If...
4: I would think Oh, we're losing him. We're losing him. Sean. will yes, be back. My, my but, video one...
2: camera. My video just keeps dropping for some reason.
4: One thing that was
2: different about
5: this, ep- about this episode with the, the death ship, I've got no better name for it is it's, it's was acknowledged. Uh, Freeman mentioned that the Orions had just lost a ship. That's why they wanted Starfleet to, that's why she wanted Tendy to go to her sister's wedding. Because Starfleet wants to show some kind of solidarity goodwill. with mm-hmm. your goodwill for the with the Orions, mm-hmm. and that's the first time we've heard a reference to any of these ships being destroyed.
4: And I, I might be wrong on this because I was only able to watch the episode once this week. But I think rather than mentioning anything about a ship being destroyed, I think it was like well, lost missing, or missing. Lost,
5: yeah. missing. Yeah, but we know what happened to it.
4: Yeah. So, but still, you know, no one else knows that this ship is going around doing this, or at least it has right. been mentioned. If, if debris from these ships has been found, it's not really being made important.
5: No, but this or, is the, but this is the first mention of the activity of this ship. Right. By, by anyone else,
4: which tells me that the next time this ship pops up and, and wrecks somebody, that's when it's going to start becoming you know, a, an actual plot element for our characters. It's going to, start getting mentioned and discussed a little bit but i think sean's right we still got plenty episodes left to wait before we actually get any sort of development or or substantial development or resolution on it
2: it'll be in the second half of the season it'll probably be about episode seven that we'll start seeing it actually mean something
4: plot-wise unless it does does anyone know is there going to be a like a mid-season finale or a break in the middle of this season
2: I don't think so. I think they're running right through the 10 episodes. They haven't haven't been
5: doing that stuff for a while,
4: which Mm. I'm glad that was... Not
2: with this, yeah. They did it with Prodigy, but they they haven't done it with Lower Decks.
4: I'm I'm always prepared because I I, I lost track of how many breaks that Quantum Leap took in there in the first season of the reboot. So here's a new episode, and we're off for another two weeks. Come on. I'm so excited about it coming back in October. (laughs) (laughs) Well, stick around for the after show. You can talk to Chris about it. <clears throat> now, speaking of the not so favorable uh, uh, depictions of Orions that we've had in the past, did anyone else get any uh, any kind of ick vibes from the from the pheromone den? <laughs> the, basically, the Orion BDSM dungeon that we had. The Hump dungeon? <laughs> I I did not get I mean, ick factors.
7: I don't think shame.
5: <laughs> yeah, I, I I thought it was handled very tastefully. I it was I didn't have a problem with it. Espe- especially since this is the
7: sort of thing that we have come to expect. That's what we've seen from Orion culture, especially after Enterprise. So, I mean, it's a thing. So, lean into it a little bit. Address that since you're on Orion. Mm-hmm.
5: You know, relax and, have a drink get lascivious
7: i did like that <laughs> line so much
5: yeah <laughs> and it, it didn't look like anybody was there against their will and i think that's yes, um, it did. yeah
2: it did they, they uh the the two guys when the pheromones cut off they were like where am i how'd i get here <laughs> yeah they were <laughs> but then
5: Cavalla, or whatever his name is was like you know i that's you know i went into a huffing you know of a a, a, a a bones bender or something. yeah, i I got the feeling that it was all that it was all consensual.
7: I don't think it was all consensual. Like like many of these things, I think there's probably a gray area. There were people who got hooked on it and didn't mean yeah.
2: to. Yeah, and I then think there, there were people like people hypnotized or something in there, and they were just or like I don't know they, it was like an opium den or something they they don't know how long they've been in there they don't know how they got there
4: yeah it. people you know, yeah. are taking that, advantage of them that yeah. I'm the same way me. with toy
7: stores <laughs> ah, <there you laughs> yeah. go.
4: that moment struck me a little bit like um when the guys are hit by Tendi's spray that makes the the pheromones wear off and they're like oh another pheromone den uh they're they're annoyed and disappointed that they're there but you also can easily assume that they thought it was a good idea when they went there, almost like, you know, I'm going to go out to the bar and have a couple drinks. And before you know it, you're blackout drunk. And then when you come to, you realize, oh, this was a bad idea. That's yeah. what I was getting from those guys.
7: We were just going to unwind, go off to a moan den, and then three years passed.
5: <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, they are Orion, so I mean,
7: mm. but... oh, that's racist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
4: My, my concern when the scene began and uh, albeit a minor concern was uh, knowing as many people as I do that, that do participate in like the BDSM and DS community when I first got a sense of what type of place they were going to I was worried that it would be like a, an improperly stereotypical uh, like inaccurate portrayal like it would be portrayed as as much more of a negative or gross thing than than the reality tends to be. Uh, by the end of the scene, I realized those those concerns were unfounded because they did handle it handle it well. It it wasn't um, wasn't disrespectful of I guess that that type of lifestyle in the real world. And we have John rejoining us just in time to talk about the sex dungeon scene. <laughs> I really said it just to get the look on John's I'm not going to do there a sex dungeon scene? Yeah. John's like,
3: and I'm
6: out
5: the, the, <laughs> the Orion Pheromone
6: dungeon Oh, that term means something different to me, but no, go ahead <laughs> I, I'm
5: not going to ask which term you're talking about
4: <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I lied, we were just kind of coming to the end of that discussion, you missed it, but I I did get a kick out, out of
5: the, uh, the the almost James Bondish uh battle between Tendi and and her high school friend with the the murder bug or whatever that was.
4: Yeah the, Yes, I loved that. The, the the murder bug drinking game, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did get some what was it? Uh, some Skyfall vibes from that one. <laughs> well,
5: I was thinking more of the uh, the uh, oh the Never Say Never Again with the, the, the video game.
4: Ah, that one, never I forget. I, I I know I've seen it, but it's been too long. And we can save that for the James Bond podcast that I'm sure we're... That I will not, not be on. Probably that's the,
2: that's the one that Dave does. Dave does the James Bond podcast. Yeah,
7: I did like three years ago, and we, we fell off because it was we just couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> but <laughs> we keep saying we're going to go back, but we, we hit that those Roger Moore years, you know? It was just, oh, God. Oh, God, no. <laughs> I think the last one we watched was the Octopussy, and we just like, yeah, let, let's not do it this week. And then that turned into three years. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
4: all right now i was originally going to close with the discussion of the murder ship but we already covered right. that so um let's wrap up with uh, the the climax of the episode and that is the uh the showdown fight and essentially heart-to-heart discussion between uh Tendi and de erica i i thought that was a very well put together scene um the, the dialogue between the two of them realizing that they I think the writing did a good job of really making us think that De'Erica was upset because she was forced to take on this role that she didn't want and then we find out that the reason she's upset is because she knew she would never be as good as Tendy would have been so she wanted it but she is left feeling like she's not worthy of it and also that her sister abandoned her yes by the way
7: Ariel Winter great great pick for that role
2: mm-hmm oh, is that who that was I didn't know that yeah
4: okay yep. um anyone have any any particular uh, standout thoughts about that about that final scene
5: that was great
4: well loved it it was it was awesome that Mariner got stabbed again because we all loved that uh, that that was going to be my comment man <laughs> yeah. Mariner got stabbed in the same hole again. yeah <laughs> for the third that time
6: was it well, was it, incredible
4: yeah, four four time, wasn't that? Was it, it was
6: almost absurdist.
7: <laughs> was it that? Wasn't that the the bit where she was like literally hiding behind a panel and it ricochets yes. and hits mm-hmm. her?
5: Yeah, yeah, that was that was fantastic. Like like Nick said, it was it was off screen yeah. and she was like, "Oh come on!" No, there was a fourth
7: after that where she mentioned
4: it. Yeah, they're oh. they're going through photos of the wedding, <laughs> and turns out that she had gotten stabbed a fourth time. During the the daddy daughter dance or something like that. Yeah. Oh, I missed that. Mm
3: -hmm.
4: Yeah. If if not for the subtitles, I would have missed it too.
5: (laughs) Oh, sub. Speaking of subtitle. Oh, never mind. Never mind. This. I'll finish
4: the the fight. All right. right. Um. uh, It. Anybody else? Neek. Neek has been quiet for a little bit.
0: It's good. I have no comments.
4: I don't know what to do with that. I rely on Neek to give us the, the, the unexpected, nuanced view that that most of us <laughs> usually miss. I like that Neek. That ne- not
5: Neek's. I don't know Neek's parents. I like that Tendy's parents um, were like totally cool with Tendy bringing home friends. You know, because so, yeah. and uh, uh, and <laughs> and like Tendy's dad was just like really chill and 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 i like that they didn't do the trope that we have we've saw with in lower decks where you know the mother is the is the is the harsh and the dad is really chill until the mother notices him being chill and then he has to like clam up he was just like dude ah!" i just i like i got a kick out of it
6: you mean strange new worlds yeah Mm. that too Mm. thank you
7: (laughs) that trope's been on everything give him a break jesus (laughs) jesus <laughs> no i won't he no. fair enough i don't deserve enough it to go. i don't deserve a break <laughs> and I'll never See, forgive him. I, look i am a reed in the wind you know like <laughs> i'll be like ah give him a break and you're like no and i'm like that's fair
3: <laughs> <laughs>
7: take him down john sound <laughs> argument
5: <laughs> you've convinced me but but speaking of the <laughs> subtitles normally i i don't when I, you know, I, you, I I've said this before. I watched the first the first time I watch it, I just watch it to watch it, and then the second time I watch it with the subtitles on. Normally they're just subtitles, and it's you know it's no big deal. But I had to laugh because when Tendy first meets her parents, or first first encounters her parents, Tendy and her mom get off of their sedan chairs and they kiss. And the subtitles literally say mua. 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 <laughs> mua, mua. <laughs> and it's it was funny, one because who the hell <laughs> spells out you know it, they should' have just said they, it's it's visual. there was no need for a, for a subtitle there. They're kissing on each other on the cheeks. But when my daughter was born, and you know when when babies are born, you know, the doctor gets them to cry, so they breathe. She literally her the first thing she ever said on Earth was Mwah! She and both my <laughs> wife and I tease her about it every now and then. Not don't tease her, but we tell her you. Literally, she literally went Mwah! Mwah! and so I, I had to laugh at that. <laughs> Sorry, the, <our> other, subtitle.
4: <laughs> the, the subtitle thing that I noticed in the episode was, <clears throat> um, yeah, it, it was it was at the very end when. Rutherford and Boimler were back in the holodeck being Mozart. And <laughs> oh my speaking, god, I
3: love that. <laughs> <they> were,
4: <laughs> speaking in you know, an affected uh, dialect for that scene, when the shot switches to an exterior shot and Rutherford says, well, these are hard to play, it makes a note of uh, unaccented.
3: Yeah, R- <laughs> Rutherford
4: unaccented, well, these are hard to play. <laughs> Now, regarding the, that uh, yeah. that final fight scene, um, and this is the last question I have for, for the episode, was anyone expecting, because I was expecting uh, some mention of this after Erica won the fight and everyone was, was okay with each other and it's time to head back to the wedding. I was expecting at some point, probably after they got back to the ship, Tendi admitting that she let her sister win because she wanted her to be confident as the prime. No, never never occurred to me. It it didn't Not to say that to I'm disappointed with what they did, but it is just I I was expecting that that little turn.
6: I would have been annoyed if they had done that. I'm I'm glad that she legitimately won.
3: Mm-hmm.
7: I wouldn't have cared if they had done that. And I don't care that they didn't. Like I I just whatever. <laughs> it's fine.
4: Mhm. This seems par for the course. I'll find one question to pose to the group and um, that question doesn't matter. <laughs> Here's my big question for the episode. Yeah. No one gives
3: a shit. <laughs> um,
6: <laughs> Just in case you were wondering, uh, babe, that's going to be the clip that I put at the end of the next episode. I'm gonna be the I'm going to... That may be the that, that may I'm
4: be the slip, new
2: theme song for the. I was gonna say the, I'm gonna slip it into show.
6: the into the intro when Sean's not looking. <laughs> no one gives a shit. <laughs>
4: John, can, can you isolate that sound clip from Dave and like set it to some music, and then we can just use that as a drop whenever I ask a dumbass question. Just, <laughs> just drop. We'll just drop it. And now shit. on
2: with the show. No, no one, one gives a shit.
7: <laughs> yeah, I'll give you a second take. Uh, your questions are trash. You can kiss my ass. <laughs> no
6: one
3: gives a shit. No,
0: it was not a dumbass question. No. Was, most of us are indifferent to Save that. it for the musical episode.
6: Since I did have an opinion, I feel like I'm the best. <laughs> Initially, to be fair, I was making fun
7: of the fact that no one on a podcast cared enough to have an opinion. It wasn't Wait, a question. I mean, it was really like our the...
2: indifference. Yeah, that was it's not problem. something that crossed my mind when I was watching the episode. But if it had happened, yeah, I mean, but I'm—I was kind of at this point. I was—I kind of, was kind of indifferent to the episode anyway. I mean, I wasn't really thinking a, a lot about it. So, you know,
5: now that you mention it, I think I probably agree with John. It would have bothered me, um, but maybe not too much.
6: But why? Because the because we've already seen her be amazingly kick-ass in every way, so it's good that the person who's doing the job instead of her is better than her. And it, and it makes it, it... She doesn't get all the shine, basically. Mm. That just no, makes me wish it had
5: happened now.
0: No, it just makes more sense for the sister to be better at it, because the sister has been training for it.
5: Mm-hmm. The sister mm-hmm. wants it, Tendi doesn't. I still yeah. wanted to be Tindy
7: though. <laughs> Even more so, because sometimes you you are
6: you know, greatness is thrust upon you. You know? Yeah, but I feel like usually greatness is thrust upon like I I like that she's not the hero of this story. I like that her sister is legitimately better. Mm. And and mm. so in my in my, uh, my headcanon, as it were even if um, they had received equal training, her sister would still be better. Hmm. Not not because she knows she wants it more, but she's just better sometimes.
7: But she, if she had better, if she had faked it, that would have made her the bigger person.
4: I like yeah, that, that too. Up, up.
6: Yeah.
4: It would have made maybe the bigger person, but also a liar
7: who some green savior. She's been lying this whole time about who she is. That's not... That's
4: he got not, it. He got it. No. <laughs> lying to know. family. Uh, 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 it, it, it doesn't matter.
3: I, what I, planet I,
4: are you from,
7: Scott? Most of my interactions with my family are lies. <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I, kidding. I they do might like, be watching. <laughs> I do like that, that Tendy's family seem to be legitimately loving to each other.
4: Yeah. Yeah, it didn't it's, seem like some kind of some kind of weird broken family that has uh, nothing but issues and no actual affection for each other. It they 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 seem to be a a functioning family. They just have a kid who decided to you know pursue Starfleet rather than the family business. But well, they don't they're also hold one of the
5: top five syndicates yeah, they, in the Orion <laughs> crime yeah.
6: and they weren't web, even but... they weren't even super pissed that she left for Starfleet. They're just like, well, yeah. okay, well you can't call anymore. Well, they they, yeah.
7: they they did have the universal foreknowledge that that's what she would do because she used to sit out in the field underneath a tree and gaze up at the stars at night. Mm-hmm. And that in Star Trek, that's what you do when you're going to join Starfleet.
3: Mm-hmm.
7: Yeah,
4: always, <laughs> oh, oh, um, so always. you only have two options in your life if you're if you're <laughs> sitting out and uh, looking up at the stars. You're either going to join Starfleet or die in a fire. Dude, I was going to say that. I was. <laughs>
7: i was gonna say if i care if a kid sits underneath a tree and gazes at the stars at night you know they're going to starfleet unless they get burned in a fire
6: son of a bitch! can't believe you got there before me or renee
2: redemption (laughs)
6: <laughs> I don't understand that joke so I'm going to cut it all out I hope you enjoyed
2: it <laughs> No, no, no Come on You got to leave really, it in Because don't all, really, the, all, the, all the listeners it. will understand it I, no, But I guarantee I think you all know I don't
6: cut out shit I don't understand on this show. I, I think we can all say That i let you guys go yeah. a
7: long time. Think You, they'll, you, they'll you can't telling. Yeah, you can't punish the real Star Trek fans Just because you're not one Maybe I need. Um
5: ooh, I
4: don't, and I don't how can we, to argue <laughs> How can I mean, we continue canon. I don't care that much that's canon how can we continue after that? That's canon and that's the episode. G- <laughs> that's gonna take us to the end of our discussion of Star Trek Lower Deck Season 4, Episode 4, Something Borrowed, Something Green. Um I had fun and I want to thank each and every panelist from this. From this uh, family-sized, extra-large panel this week, I'm gonna go party size. Yeah, party size panel. It's a party panel. I'm gonna go around and have everyone tell us where we can find them elsewhere on the internet. Gonna start with Rick. Uh, You can't find
5: me elsewhere on the internet, but right here on the network, you can find me on this show, on Captain Game Show, from time to time, uh, on uh, uh, Cosmic Potato. And uh, a show that will be starting soon, and um, yeah. <laughs> Trying to make show it we... excuses, it will be here when it's here. <laughs>
6: yeah, that's all. You don't have to say anything about it at all. Didn't you give did you
2: a date? Did, didn't you give a I date? I
6: did, and then things Le- changed.
5: No, stop. <laughs> and I'll Let tell you all about what changed it. when the when the, the when we're done recording.
6: You it's... want me to cut that out? Right? You want me to cut it out? If you want,
4: yeah, uh, you can cut out the the part where Sean starts kicking him in the ribs again. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, my job. That, that's the best part.
2: That's what I get paid for. <laughs> All
4: right, Sean, what do you have to share with everyone?
2: Uh, I, I I want to point out that the uh, character of Z- Z- Zoto, who was one of the Orion Syndicate, was voiced by Deborah Wilson, who also played uh, the she was the voice of Captain Lisa C- Cusack in the Star Trek Deep Space Nine episode, The Sound of Her Voice.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Oh. And also, Janeway is a murderer.
4: <laughs> John, save <laughs> us. Where can people find you?
6: <laughs> uh, you can find me hosting Captain Game Show, and you can find me on various shows around the network. I personally think uh, Talyn and Bormler would
4: be a great couple. <laughs> Neek, save us. Where can people find you online?
0: <laughs> well, you can stay right here on the Infinite Potato Alliance and listen to Moon Show.
4: Moon, Moon Show. show. For
0: All Mankind podcast. <laughs> and you can go to superanemic.com to read my Star Trek recaps.
5: Recaps? Oh, sorry. <laughs> and what you did with Up the Long Ladder was brilliant.
4: <laughs> <Yep>. Thank you. <laughs> As of this recording, latest uh, Super Anemic is tng season two up the long ladder it's it's a hall of famer it's 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 fantastic one of her best uh and finally our special guest dave robertson thank you for joining us once again thank you for having me i was glad to see you when i joined the zoom call late surprise surprise um but please share with everyone where can everyone find you online uh,
7: well, right now I'm doing Star Trek Yearverse podcast, and uh, we are doing our reviews of Lower Decks, and all new Star Trek that's coming out. And I'm doing that with my buddy, Matt. We've been doing that, so that we've been talking about Star Trek since we were six. Um, but we've also just recently expanded, I'm doing uh, original series reviews with my friend Effie Oppelders, who has never seen Star Trek before. Uh, she's in her late twenties. Never seen it. Is turned out to be a very interesting take, and we are, I think, six episodes in to the original series, and have recorded a seventh. Um, if you're into the DC Studios, excited about James Gunn, we're also doing uh, DC on Screen, talking about all that. All I the- thought he was a liar. Uh no, I didn't. I didn't find that. When I did the research,
2: does <laughs> it. Effie doesn't she live in the
7: Netherlands? Netherlands. Yes.
2: Did they not have Star Trek over
4: there? She just didn't watch it. Oh, okay. People are allowed to not watch Star Trek if they don't want to. No. Yeah. What? And to be, to be fair, she
7: she always wanted to, but found the. Uh, the fandom distasteful Can't well that's true of everything <laughs> that, that, that's true of that's true of every fandom um <laughs> but yeah no um <laughs> she just you know she found it insurmountable we'll say you know when you oh, how long is Star Trek oh god 900
6: episodes yeah.
7: <laughs> it's, it's um, gonna be
5: intimidating I have, yeah I have the same
6: reaction to a lot of anime
4: I, yeah. I had the same reaction to Doctor Who yeah it's it's a real fear and as for me uh aside from hosting this show you can hear me on various other shows on the network that we've already mentioned and outside of podcasting you can visit my website at www.planetrisecreative.com and check out some of the graphic artwork that i do for fun and profit and that is officially going to take us to the end of this episode thank you everyone for listening for downloading hopefully subscribing Visit our Facebook page, leave some comments, join the discussion, and come back next week as we discuss Star Trek Lower Decks Season 4, Episode 5, titled, Don't Know, because they are not releasing these episode titles this
1: early. Thank you for joining us for this episode of That Star Trek Podcast. You can contact us on Facebook and Twitter, or you can send us an email at thatstartrekpodcast at gmail.com. Help the show grow by giving us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher. Be sure to join us again next time on That Star Trek Podcast.
3: No one gives a
7: shit. (laughs)